Craft Beer Radio, episode 436, September 9th, 2017. And welcome to Craft Beer Radio. My name is Greg. I'm Jeff. And this is our 436th episode, and we have in front of us, well, um, can you turn me back up so I can comment you on this? You are turned back up. Oh, awesome. There'll be whales here. <laughs> Thanks, Scotty. <laughs> Was that Star Trek A Return Home or Star something? Star Trek, yes. The Voyage Home. Uh, I guess technically not... Well, yeah, there are things that I would consider whales or whale-ish. But we're not doing all IPAs this time. We learned no. our lesson. No, there's a reason we have rules. Yes. Uh, that said, let's start an IPA. So which one do you want to start on? <laughs> oh, wait. It's a train. It's a plane Helicopter. Under. Helicopter? Yeah, we got... Life flight flies by all the time. Mm. I guess people injure themselves between... I'm between most of the injuries in the hospital. Counter magic from modern times. This was... Uh, Mike from San Diego. Mike from San Diego. It came today at like 6 o'clock. UPS ground. Awesome. Thank you, Mike. Looks like orange juice. Smells like orange juice. Counter magic. 7.2% alcohol by volume. Enigma, Mosaic, Cascade, Denali, Simcoe. And finished off with a, they say, a borderline irresponsible quantity of citra. Just don't even put your nose near the glass. Just smell. Do you smell the beer? Yes, I do. He's two feet away, and he's you know can smell the beer. Uh, it looks like orange juice from concentrate. It's got. It is a hazy IPA to say the least. It is very. It's got like a half fingers worth of of not much of a head here. When you were pouring the can, and your face was you know normal face distance away from a glass mm-hmm. you might be pouring, it smelled like orange juice. Once you get close to this Pineapple, thing, you get a lot more. It, it's not like as single-note orange juice. Pineapple, you're getting some... There is of, some orange juice in there, so I can see like a pineapple-orange, like... Uh, you know, I, I stuck my nose in there. I got something kind of dank. A little. Oh, sure, yeah. There's. I mean, this has their Simcoe in there, mm-hmm. so wouldn't be surprised. So when I stuck my nose oh, yeah, in, yep. the first thing I got was like, oh... How dank it is compared to that across the room sniff. Yeah, there's a <laughs> there's a lot to smell here. A lot of something juice. floral too, like a pollen-y thing, like a. Well, Denali is in there. Remember Denali? That's I forget. I know we've experienced that yeah, before. We've had the single hop from uh, Flying Dog mm-hmm. with Denali, and Enigma, which I Enigma. <laughs> But, you know, like, I'm getting a smell that's not any particular kind of pollen or honey or anything like that, but more of, you know, you just have a flower garden out front and you catch a whiff of the aromatics from the flowers. Yeah, blossomy, right? A little pollen-y, a little blossomy. Counter magic from modern times. Now, there was a message that uh, Mike left with this, which is Modern Time puts out a hazy IPA four-pack every month, so this is their... This one was canned on looks like August 2nd. Wow. Pretty fresh. Great flavor. I mean, it pulls through lots of lots of citrus and tropical flavors, mm-hmm. but, you know, there's 
creaminess to the body. You know, we find that they typically are adding oats to these hazy IPAs or some wheat in there. You know, so you're getting a full body. Has kind of that little bit of, I hesitate to say yogurty flavor because there's no lactic type tang to it. But, you know, more like mouthfeel-wise, you know, you're getting something that's reminiscent of that. Reminds me most, honestly, of a, of a mimosa. It kind of tastes a little bit like orange juice and champagne. There's a little bit of a grapey quality mm-hmm. to probably, okay. But I think it might be the Denali hops or that bring some uh, uh, vinous quality to it. But it does remind me of like a breakfast mimosa. You know, you, you mm-hmm. wake up and you have this with some, some French toast or something. This one's really good at delivering the hop flavors. They're not... They're not all jumbled together. They're not muddy. They're bright, and you're getting several different... You're getting a harmony of hops here. You're getting the citrus, tropical, but then that dankness, you know, almost like a, a piney or a viney thing. What are you showing me? This beer is... Vegan. <laughs> Seriously? What about those little yeasties? <laughs> you're harnessing to do your job well that's fungus and they don't care about fungus mm. vegans i guess so there are no animal products used in they didn't use isinglass to uh, clarify this thing <laughs> well isinglass is from a bladder of a fish is that what it's from yeah yeah it's a it's a clarification mm-hmm. you know help coagulate proteins yeah and, and there is no need to do that for a hazy IP where no. you want and there, it. There's other ways to do that, too. Most of the industry uses Irish moss to clarify. But traditionally, old school, would use this in glass as well. Or instead of... Hmm. Um, there's a little bit of grapefruit, too, right? There, there's... That, there's just a lot of fruit juices. It, it's it sort of reminded me of Lou a bit, although Lou is a little bit more smooth. Mm-hmm. This is um, this is more sort of multi-layered and sort of the fruit. I, I, I love how the hops are not jumbled. I already mm-hmm. said this, but I mean, that's what's making this beer an outstanding beer for me is drinking through it. You're able to look at it, all the different facets, and, and taste the different flavors. And I just think this is an excellent, excellent Northeast IPA. I'm not sure whether I want French toast or eggs over easy with this, but I want—I <laughs> feel breakfasty. Mm-hmm. Um, very tasty. Like I mean, <laughs> talk about breakfast doubts. No, this—this this is a breakfast beer. This replaces your. I'd go with the French toast, beer. but. I don't know. I'd often pick French toast over eggs over easy. Sometimes a real... Um, I know, I know. I, I do it too, but... Good ease over egg. But a good French toast, that always has me. Very good. Thank you, Mike. This yeah. is delicious. This is counter magic from modern times. All right. So what do you want to hit on next? Because we have a porter, we have a... A saison, we have a barley sour. These are both hoppy. And two hoppies. Well, we should probably probably take a hoppy break, right? I would say take a hoppy break. Yeah. So, and I'm not sure this this porter may be hoppy, right? It's it's alchemist. So yeah. Um. But there's the other here's the other problem with that. This if. I, I don't expect that the saison is going to be happy. That means that if we do 
because I I expect we're probably saving the wicked weed for the for the end, the sour one. So if we do the saison, then mm-hmm. and this alchemist is hoppy, then okay. we're gonna have three hoppies in a row. Well, you want to do another hoppy now? You want to do skadoosh? Uh, I I would say, yeah. Skadoosh. Let's do it. Let's do skadoosh. So last week we did skadoosh number nine. This week we're doing skadoosh in number... the pre-show. Oh yeah, pre-show. I think we had skadoosh number ten on tap, and mm-hmm. then we uh, jettisoned that. At like Ill... four in, we were like, okay, well, let's we got to get something that ill-fated plan. Yeah. So this is from the Alchemist. Again, this is Skadoosh number ten. This is the Citra version. Number nine was Mosaic. Uh, this was Ryan. You want to say? Kyle. Kyle. That's why I wrote everyone's name on the can, so well, we can't misattribute anything. And Ryan was also helped. Ryan, yeah, did some of the other hoppy beers we did last week. So yeah, thank you to everybody who's been sending in stuff. It's awesome. Okay, so we get. Uh, let me let me get some of the information on Skadoosh. Seven uh, percent alcohol volume. No other real information except for this is the Citra version. And okay, another hazy IPA. Uh, this one a little bit lighter. Uh, I'm actually I have some uh, some yeasty sediment and stuff yep. in mine. You see, oh, that? you got a lot more than me. Let's yeah. do a little blend. So we're drinking more or less the same beer. I thought we called it blendy blends. <laughs> I noticed that the the. Not the last time. It might be the last time Nick was here, but we said blendy blend like three times. <laughs> well, that made it funny. Yes. Yeah, true. The third time is the charm. So, yeah, there, there's... It's hazy, but there's, there's still a lot of sediment, a lot of, uh, mm-hmm. you know, sort of... I, I say this in the nicest way possible, gook. Chunkage. Yeah. Uh, uh, coming around in here, that that's uh, clearly visible. Uh, more of a head than the last one, but a finger's worth of a foamy head. The smell is not as bursting as the modern time mm-hmm. So this one is, I assume, I don't know because I haven't read up, you know, their, their website is not great. Mm-hmm. Um, but I assume it's the same recipe just with different hops or considerably close to the same yeah. recipe with different hops. You would think, yeah. The aroma on this one, I'm getting kind of like candied oranges or maybe like there's orange slice candies, something like that. Uh, lemon drop candy. Yeah. But, you know, you notice the theme. It, it has a pretty sweet smell. Uh, you know, candied types of fruits. A little more earthy in its mm-hmm. flavor than so, its aroma. <clears throat> last week, I recall saying a beer had like a meaty character to it yeah we had those umami there was a little umami. bit of a... was the, that wasn't this beer this could you no it? no 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 so for this one my first thought was meaty but no i was able to actually refine it to what it really is i was equating meat to pork to rosemary i think there's a rosemary character in here huh okay when i taste it I taste like a rosemary rubbed pork chop or something. Or pork I don't know roast. why you're not you, you're using rosemary on pork when you can be using it on beef, and it is a much mm, better. Okay. 
because that's that, that that that's just the stream of consciousness mm. that led to it where i was thinking this has a meat thing no it's it's rosemary that i've put on pork before so use a rosemary with like a flank steak really okay. gets in there and mm, so good now the last sip i really didn't get any of that rosemary there's something a little green on it. It's a little, like I said, a little sort of earthy mm-hmm. note. Um, now, Citra, unlike Mosaic, Citra does have, like... Citra doesn't get oniony, but it can get into doherty areas. So Citra can get a little bit doherty. Mosaic can get a little bit oniony, sort of like Simcoe along no, the Citra lines. can definitely get oniony, in my, my personal opinion. I haven't... It's been a... a, a Citra and Simcoe together. Like, I think I'm getting a little bit of chives in this or something like that. See, I'm not getting too. I'm really not getting much of an onion thing, but uh, you know who knows. The, uh, <clears throat> the sweetness carries through that candied type feel of orange slices or lemon drops. You know that I feel that that is carrying through in the flavor as well. The malt feels pretty substantial on this one too. I feel like there is a. It's not like a real toasted thing, but there is mm-hmm. a. a Enough breadiness, enough kind of white bread, maybe a little bit, a little bit. More this one that. also feels like that it has a little, like to a much lower degree than the modern times, but it has some of that wheat oats mixed to it. Oh, there's creaminess yeah. to it. But the last one was on par with you know things the brew gentlemen do, mm-hmm. and you know some of those. I don't know how to describe them. Ones that get my attention, right? Those really creamy ones, right? Um, this one has more of a barley flavor to it. I'm not saying yeah. that's good or bad. It's all going to be personal preference. You know, this one has where the barley to me is outperforming the the wheat notes. Where in that last one, it was so smooth, so creamy mm-hmm. that you weren't really getting much of that barley flavor, at least not outright. Yeah, this tastes more. It tastes closer to the standard IPAs you get in in, in a bottle than. Kind of like a West Coast type. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This this seems related to a West Coast IPA. Right. That last beer doesn't. Yeah, yeah. No, th- it's still phase three, right? It's still got mm-hmm. it's still more tropical. It's still more um, more of the the. It's not pi- piling bitterness onto you, and that's really the, the phase three. Uh, Funny that the brewery that kind of in- coined the term Northeast IPA, we're saying tastes more West Coast than a West Coast brewery in San Diego making a Northeast IPA. Well, it, it's, <laughs> I mean, it, it is. It, well, things it, spread, but you know, yeah. I just, I, I didn't, I didn't want like the irony to like. <laughs> to just, 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 to, to, to be an elephant in the room. Yeah. You want yeah. to, to, to remark it? Sure. I understand. <laughs> but I think it is interesting because clearly the alchemist is making some good stuff. Mm-hmm. But in terms of the, in terms of what we, what both of us feel are, are the exceptional uh, pieces of the style, the alchemist is being sort of, I, wouldn't, I don't want to say left behind, but it's being eclipsed by oh, some... It's just like Belgian IPAs. Mm-hmm. When Belgian IPAs came out, you know, you had uh, Uthro Hoppet and Oblong Schuf, and I was, you know, itching to get those. I want to try those. I got both of them, and they're like, eh. And then, you know, there's other Belgian IPAs, all of them unremarkable. And then, you know, I've said the story before, but we got Raging Bitch from Flying Dog. And it was really the first Belgian IPA that I felt really figured it out. 
and you know i've had other good ones since as well and and this is kind of it you know there's all kinds of different takes on the style and the ones that do it like the modern times and to me, are the ones that have figured it out. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because maybe before we got it, we really got into uh, these New England IPAs. Then this might have been a more appeal. I would. I mean, this is still very good, but it might have been. Oh, this, yeah. it, it might have hit us better than the modern times because the modern times is so in our wheelhouse right now. And it, it'll be fine to look at this. You know, I hope that we're doing the show four or ten years from now, whatever. But four years from now, when we're moved on from mm-hmm. from any IPAs, and fingers, the next fingers crossed that we. Right. Don't and, become, you know, just totally enamored with any IPAs forever. I, I, I don't expect that that does that does not follow the the, the trend <laughs> of, of of these things. But when we look back, we say, "Yeah, we were really, you know, there was a time when we were obsessed with with other things. We, we had a barley wine period in the show. We had a very we had a big phase two IPA period in the show. Um, mm-hmm. uh, we had a goza period on the show. Yeah." So I mean, it's it, we're going to go through phases, but it'd be interesting to, to to look back on this and say, okay, well, you know, what were those things that re really were in our real house? How much? How do they still fit? Right. No, I agree with you. You know, as I'm drinking this one, it especially tasty. The, <laughs> it's really tasty. It's, yeah, this is the Skadoosh Ten, and yeah, it's like I don't mean to say it's a slouch compared to the first beer we had. Mm-hmm. It, these are both really good beers. Yeah, um, I mean, I think that absolutely. My, if I had to pick, then the first one would would definitely ten times out of ten be the one I picked. If I had to, but you order a beer off a menu and get either one, you'll be ecstatic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the nice thing is that when I go to a bar, I, I try to drink a different beer every time, uh, and I would that that's my recommendation to people, and they go out to, to drink. It's, um, try to have a different beer all every time. Try to try something new. I mean, maybe you'll find one that's amazing and just okay. I gotta it's have it's really it. hard though when you're like you order your first beer and it hits it out of the park. Like the last time I was at Mad Max, Hitchhiker had a beer on. I can't remember which one it was, but it was good. Northeasterly kind of IPA, not quite, not quite this counter magic. Uh, you know, as far in, but. I'm looking at the rest of the menu and almost everything I've had before. But it's like when you get something that's so like, oh, I just love, I'm enjoying this. And then like, nothing's worse than when you change it up to try something new. And it's like five steps down. Right. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, so it's like, ah, I wanted to try it, but I don't like it. I only like it like 20% as much as I like the last one. So (laughs) I... I've had those moments, sure, but especially when you go to a place that has a whole bunch of beers, if you don't try to make a dent in in the selection, mm-hmm. uh, then I think you're you're missing out. Because who knows? No, I'm with you. I'm, I usually, but you know, sometimes I'll catch that moment where I'm like, I'm just not in the mood for any foul this, balls tonight. You know, <laughs> I just want to. Brew Gentleman's English Mild was awesome. Three point five percent. Oh, so good. All right, so let's do the porter. Yeah, I'm leaning towards the porter. I kind of want to save these rustic ones for later on. Pappy's porter. So another alchemist. This is Pappy's porter. Don't know anything about it, really. 
I am curious, you know, when you put something like Pappy's Porter on the label, were you lucky enough to barrel age some porter in a Pappy Van Winkle barrel? That's my question. I doubt it. 5.42% according to Rate Beer. Uh, we had a, we had a pappy that we knew. <laughs> Maybe we don't need to tell that story in the main show. <laughs> we'll talk about the convicted sex offenders in the, uh, Oof. show. Oof. That was, a uh, yeah. Okay, so, very dark. Very, very dark. Don't see any highlights at all. Black. Two and a half fingers worth of a foamy head that's tan colored. It's not hoppy. At least not immediately. Apparently aggressive. It's not aggressively hoppy. Like we did that Imperial Stout last week from the Alchemist, and it was an American style Imperial Stout, and it was Mm -hmm. that was Imperial Stout, right? Yes. And it was it was aggressively hoppy. Not in my wheelhouse. Uh, when Greg got here, we kind of pulled all the newish beers out of the fridge to do a quick inventory. Didn't know where we were. And we have another Imperial Stout from The Alchemist. Thanks to... That's Kyle, right? Yep, Kyle. And it's an English-style Imperial Stout. So now I'm kind of giddy with excitement. Yeah. But we're not going to probably... Probably not going to get to it right away because we have all these hoppy beers. And we're going to be doing hop-heavy shows because we don't want those to hop fade. And the Imperial Stout... He's chill. He'll be like, oh, come back to me in six months. I will be A-OK. Yeah, I've not known, at least in the in the Alchemist that we've experienced, no, uh, none of them have been bad. We haven't had any packaging yeah. problems with yeah. the Alchemist yet. That's the only concern, right? If if there's a, a light infection set in, in a can or bottle, then, you know, six months could, could send that beer over the edge. Right. And make it not reviewable. I'm going to keep it in the fridge. There's no point in trying to cellar it, you know. But we're probably probably not going to drink it till December, ish, unless you know we get an itch for an imperial style, or we just run out of beer. Knows, right? I mean, we're, next week we're going to have uh, two guests. Nick is going to be on, but Nick and uh, his fiance Aaron are going to be on again. So that will be that'll be a fun show. They'll be bringing some stuff in for Philly, though, so there will be also that. Oh, awesome. It'll be interesting to have Erin on the show again, mm-hmm. because she was pretty new. It was about a year ago. Yeah. And she was pretty new to beer. She was a big cider fan. But she had a more open mind than an impressively open mind. Mm-hmm. And we gave her some very complex things, and she was... Getting it, at least to a small degree. Yeah, she was I, I, getting it, and and she has learned from that experience too. Mm-hmm. She's she's moved on to to appreciate you know certain beers. So so yeah, I'm look. You, you've you've hung out with them. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen Aaron since then. Nick's been on the show probably three times since then. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how Aaron has come along. I mean, and don't forget, you know, Greg and I are old people. We're forty and forty one yes. years old. Nick and Aaron. Or like twenty five, twenty. Yeah, like yeah. you know, Greg hang, Greg hangs in young circles, <laughs> and <laughs> it just uh, worked out that way. Hey, we, it doesn't matter. Age is just no. We, we, but we, it's we, we're it, that's one of the reasons I like having Nick and Aaron occasionally on the show is because we are firmly Gen Y 
he's firmly millennial. You know, right. it's so you know it's a, it's a different generation mm-hmm. practically. I know a generation is like your children. He's not that young, but could be if I got he started could early. Be. Yeah, if we got started early, he could be. Still smelling a lot of roastiness, uh, a little bit of astringency. Yeah, for me, it's it's too cold. I'm, so I'm wrapping are, my hands around this us, thing. Both of us are warming it up. It's interesting, you know. Like I didn't even taste it yet. I just I'm just smelling it, and I smell how like how restrained and closed off the flavor mm-hmm. is, and that's telling me the beer is too cold. I don't actually have to take a sip. I don't mean to make that sound like I'm a superhero or anything. Just... Well, it's. Again, it's it, it it's that thing that we've done this for. Yeah. 10 plus I, I, years. I kind of I kind of mentioned it, so maybe people could be uh, conscious of it, you know, because there's a lot of things mm-hmm. that a lot of people do who are tasting beer or drinking beer may not be a con- conscious of all the things they're doing, and that's the main reason I mentioned it. I mean, if you ask me, when I you know when I started programming twenty years ago, I didn't go to any classes since then, but I'm a much better programmer now. And it's just because I've seen a lot. I've done a lot. I know a lot more about what mm-hmm. the heck to do. All right. So I got the, I got some, some heat into this guy. I want to get more into it. But, oh, the aroma. It went from ashy to more roasty. It got a little more cocoa-y. It got coffee-like. You know, the aroma's already opening up. Because it was kind of tannic. You know, it was like kind of like ashy and tannic when it was cold. But now that it's opening up, it's blooming for sure. It's definitely smelling some more hops on this. There, there's probably a pretty strong bitterness in here because I expect it to be a, a, a sweet malt. You know how Heather loves Porter's stouts. Mm-hmm. The darker, sure the richer the Imperial, sure the imperial Stout, the happier she is. Happier she is. I'm getting slurry already. What the hell? Um, <laughs> enunciate. Enunciate, Jeff. Enunciate. Okay. Uh Edmund Fitzgerald Porter, which, you know, I don't really consider a particularly hoppy porter. It's pretty hoppy. It is. It is. But, you know, she's not a fan of that one. She she drinks, you know, several cases of Blackout Stout, so she's not mm-hmm. she's not, not a fan of the brewery. But she's not a fan of Edmund Fitzgerald. And yeah, that's pretty hoppy. It, 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 it is. It maintains but a good hop. The main reason I brought that up story is, okay, so listening about Edmund, which we consider an archetype of American porter. Mm-hmm. To this, you know, okay. and how hoppy it is. This one has a pretty robust body. I'm getting a lot of ash and yeah. and um, roast. Lots, so it, lots of roast really comes along, sort of carbonaceous. Kind of like, uh, uh, I mean, uh, for my oh, first for my first sip, that is overpowering. It's like super ashy, big ashy, yeah. Um, in terms of hoppiness, not as hoppy as flavor, hot flavor, mm-hmm. not as hoppy as Edmund Fitzgerald. I think there's a god, there's a good deal of bitterness there, but mm-hmm. not yeah. getting hot flavor so much. Yeah. Second sip didn't taste like licking a burnt stick, uh, you know, like pulling a stick out of the fire the next morning and giving it a lick. Take a look at the temperature here. I think I'm about 64 or so. 62 on the surface, so I'm actually, yeah, about 66. For some reason, this can stayed really cold. Yeah. 
Okay, it's it's. I mean, it, it's a very rich. I'm not rich. I'm, it's a very deep porter in terms of its astringent qualities and in terms of its sort of roastiness. It's really mm-hmm. sort of magnifying the roastiness there. It's not overwhelming because I think there is a nice kind of sweet sort of chocolatey bit, but it's a pretty bitter chocolate. So I wouldn't go... I'm not quite even getting the chocolate. You know, I'm stuck in the... If you, if you, if you think like real bitter chocolate, I think on the on the peripheries it's there. But there's not the little floral bits you also get with chocolate. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's not, you know, that's, you know, we talk about palate drift before, about things you've eaten recently mm-hmm. or things you're going to go to when you're doing a show like this or reviewing beers. Now, we got that from, um, what's his name? Gerald. Gerald from uh, the Beverage, Beverage Tasting, Tasting Institute. And uh, so, in fair disclosure, I have a little Ziploc bag of cocoa nibs on my desk that a coworker gave me. So I'm, you know, chomping on raw chocolate cocoa nibs, super bitter. Yeah. You get some cocoa, chocolatey flavors here and there. Um, you know, it's, it, you get a lot of flavors that are similar to like 90% cacao, but also it's much more gritty, bitter, things like that. So my palate is more attuned to those yeah. more aggressive chocolate flavors. But you also get some some interesting floral stuff coming on. Yeah, like yeah absolutely. In, in, yeah. in different directions. And I'm just getting sort of the bitterness and a bit of the cocoa-ness here, but none of that floral quality. The, the, the yeast isn't really pushing much estuary or phenolic stuff in here that I can tell. Like, I'm not getting real spiciness. <laughs> There's a... I'm not getting much in the way of, of, of a sweet kick or estuary kick now that i'm getting you know kind of level set on this beer i'm getting a slight bit of of creaminess you know like a um, it the beer definitely does not seem like it has lactose added but i'm getting this slight little sweetness on the flavor there that's is a bit kind of that has a little bit of creaminess to it frankly i enjoy it i think that it's, it's not my ideal porter but mm-hmm. I, I not passing it by. I am enjoying the the flavors, and I think that it's if you if you want an especially roasty porter with some astringent stuff, then I think yeah, it's got uh, it's it, it it's pretty good. That's ah, so loud. Ah. So loud. What was I thinking? Where did that come from? Well, anyway. Boop. 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 Hey. Boop. Boop. There boop. is this site boop, boop. that we programmed into our system. If you go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon, then you can support the show by simply buying whatever you normally would buy. Whatever. I mean, hell, I just bought some socks. Boo-doo. Do, do whatever you need to. And then Do-do-do-do. some of that money, Do-do-do-do. you won't pay Do-do-do-do. any extra, but some Do-do-do-do. of that money will go to support the show. Buying some new stuff for us, new equipment. Craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. Craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. Craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. Craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. Do, 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 do. Whenever you think about baby elephants. Okay. 
Oh, since last time you put your own thing in there. Yeah. Uh, what do you? Who sponsors the show today? Uh, well, no. Coming up is uh, it'll be in November, but it, the um, oh the the twenty four hour twenty four hour gaming. Thing. What's that called? It, it's uh, it has a good name. It has a good extra life. Extra life. Yes. Uh, so I'll be. It will be. I think September 9th, I'll be posting stuff. Maybe you can. Maybe you can. I haven't fixed my site yet, so it'll go to a page. But mm-hmm. we're trying to get. Uh, uh, we got twelve hundred dollars last year between three of us. What, what was the thing that the benefit? Children's Hospital. Okay. Children's Hospital of Pittsburgh, in particular. That's uh, right, because you play with Alan on the team, and mm-hmm. Alan, had, one of his daughters, right, had a lot of Mackenzie, yeah. And so we got twelve hundred bucks uh, last year. Uh, $300 from, from uh, thank you for a couple listeners you would put in. Hopefully, I, we, we're, we're trying to get even more. We're, try, we're trying to go for three grand this year with five people. We'll uh-huh. see. Uh, but I understand that there's, you know, I've already given to a hurricane. I'll probably even give it to another hurricane. So I know it's, you know, it, it's going to be hard to, to give out charity and all that other stuff. But we'll be doing it again. And it's for Children's Hospital, it's for a good cause. And you'll be able to monitor me all all yeah. day. That's kind of boring. It is very boring, but I'm trying to be as... I was expecting when I logged on, I would see like a cam of Greg with a headset. We, and... we may be doing that. We may be doing a... Because, I mean, even if you're not being that entertaining, watching you at 22 hours in, you know, like how miserable you are, is entertaining. Absolutely. No, I totally get it. Um... I expect the first couple hours will be, or, again, will be a lot of fun because that's what we do. And then, you know. Oh, you got the Oculus this year, too. Yes, yes the VR will be there. 24 hours of. Uh, oh, no. no of no, hot. No, no, what's, no, that, no. what's that game? The hot? Uh, super hot. Super hot. No chance. I'm not, I'm not putting that thing on it for 24 hours. So. Come on, you can burn like 20,000 calories. My eyes will go <laughs> cross eyed. It'll stay that way. That'll be cool, though. Hey, have you got that? Is that thing more reliable setting it up? Or, yeah. I guess that's post-show talk. I'm sorry. I forgot where we were. <laughs> okay, so that was Pappy's Porter from The Alchemist. Now we're on to two. We still have another hoppy, but we're going to hold off on that one. We're going to go, I think, into the burial. Burial beer. This is yeah. from, you brought this from Asheville? Yeah, they're a brewery in Asheville. Um, really cool place. They have a mural on their wall of um, Tom Selleck and um, Sloth from the Goonies. Like Tom Selleck's arm is around Sloth's shoulders. <laughs> Sloth loves chunk. Okay, so this is the field has eyes from Burial Beer, a collaboration with Three Taverns Craft Brewery and Browery Tvezer. They had uh, two bottled beers, and I ordered... I thought there was only one, so I ordered it, and then he brought me the other beer. He's like, oh, I brought you the wrong beer. I'm like, what's this beer? He's like, it's Saison with Brett. I'm like, the other one was a wildy thing, too, but I'm like, you know what? A Saison with Brett? I'll just take this one. So, um, anyway. Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. You first. Uh, Belgian barley, North Carolina rye... And wheat from Carolina gr- and wheat from Carolina ground. Uh, 
hopped with New Zealand Rakau, R-A-K-A-U. Haven't heard of it. Southern Cross and Wakatu. All three that I haven't really heard of. Hops. Well, Southern Cross is almost certainly a, like a New Zealand, Australian, South African. Well, I know hop. the I know the constellation, but yeah, I, yeah. Uh, never seen it, of course. Maybe sometime. Saison uh, is refermented a second time with more Brett and red wine punchions. Punchion. They had a lot of. Maybe punchion is more or less a fooder because they did have some big wooden barrels there. They look like fooders to me, but maybe it was a punchion. You turn me up for a second. You are up. Punchion. Kind of close. Huh? Yeah. Okay. Is it spelled weird? Because. P U N C H E O N. Okay. Uh. Ooh, that smells good. <laughs> I was pretty happy with the beers that I got the taste at Burial. We were not there very long. They closed early Here on the we weeknight. And, uh... Punchin. Yeah, a large cast for liquids or other commodities holding from 72 to 120 gallons. That's not a fooders. It's smaller than that. No, so. ba- much bigger. 100 gallons. Yeah, I mean, that's what I mean. A 100 is gallon much, is like yeah. a double Yeah, I mean, a fooders much bigger. That's that what I meant. Uh, okay. So, yeah. I, I said it. I've seen big wine barrels before. That's probably what a punchin is. Like, because of volume and stuff, it doesn't look twice as big as a bourbon barrel, but it's bigger. Oh my goodness! There we go. There's some images, some punchins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some barrels, basically. All right. So what? What am I smelling in here? I'm smelling like cinnamon rolls and cherries. Cherries. Christmas. It smells so good. <laughs> Yeah, it smells kind of like Christmas. Yeah, cherries is a good call. I wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't have the right lens on it, and I wasn't getting cherries. I was smelling more of the the bready type sweets. But as soon as you said cherries, you know, changed my lens, and now it definitely has. And the beer is it doesn't seem to be a cherries added to this beer at all, but it has kind of a little bit of a cerise type type feel to it. I haven't tasted it yet. Me neither. Get a little bit of like... So, for those who are curious, a punchin is smaller than a butt, but larger than a hogshead. It's a third of a ton. A T-U-N. So if you get like 25 punchins to the rod, you're (laughs) happy with it. (laughs) Gosh darn it. You better be. I'm just smelling it, yeah. There, there's it, a, the, the aroma on this one is just like, it's complex and deep. You don't know whether it's bready or fruity or malty. It's, let's, let's clarify, bretty. Bretty, yes. Because yes. if you do smell very carefully, you can get kind of that dusty, leathery sure. bread character. But really, it's not, it's, not the, it's not the A or B thing. If this um, tastes great. I know this might be hard for you. Well, probably not too hard. It's your superpower. But you might want to save some of this for Aaron to see if she, if this tastes as well as it smells. <laughs> Moving on to the flavor. The cherry type thing carries through. Very minerally. Very mm. dry. Very. Yeah. It has um, 
almost like graphite. Like <laughs> I wouldn't go graphite. I would go. There's a bit of a chalky's not so good. Granite is a good one. Limestone, I think granite, limestone. Granite to me and limestone are are more. <sighs> go lick more monuments. <laughs> Well, they, they they're drier than than mm-hmm. this. This is not as dry. Okay, there, there's there's more graphite. Just sounds disgusting. It, it... Right, licking a pencil. Right, it doesn't mm-hmm. sound. But but pencil wood and pencil dust, I think, come into play here. Oh, so when you empty the pencil sharpener, that kind of smell you get in that something like that. Is that what you're? Yeah, a little. I I can't I can't say you're wrong. I, don't, I would have never got there. I would have never got the pencil sharpener. But there's something in there. Oh, and the late aftertaste. It's kind of like you breathed a little too hard and you have kind of that sour, that pencil yeah. dust on your tongue. Yeah, yeah. But that's also like yellow enamel paint as well. See, I mean, I, I really like graphite as a descriptor, and we, we got that from Lou Bryson, I think, ultimately. That was granite. But. Well, when I'm being, sorry, the idea granite, of using non food. Is, is what I meant, yeah. But. But this doesn't taste to me like the granite one does because granite has a is, is, okay. is. You said graphite a few times. Did you not mean it? No, I meant graphite oh, originally. Okay. But when I said we got, I meant okay. granite, not okay. graphite. All right. But you you said granite when I said graphite, and I don't think granite is quite the thing here. I really don't think it has that limestone uh, dryness. The thing that's, you know, the hook that's really pulling in is that cherry note. Because the cherry note is, like, completely incidental. It It's a combination of the dryness giving you a bitter character. It's the malt giving you kind of this bready thing. And then, and then what is making it kind of... Made, it's almost like... Well, remember, it's almost like the cherry's coming from oxidation or remember something. Remember the red wine. Oh. Okay. So if you're... Yeah, so... Oh, there's some oakiness in here too, right? Mm-hmm. I wasn't even thinking of the... I forgot about the wine barrel, but if you know that, I still don't see how red grape wine can give the cherry. this much yeah. cherry. That's a hard connection. But some of that granite dry sharpness... Is an oakiness like a, a yes, like a fresh American oak. Yes, but then, but a, a red wine puncheon wouldn't be fresh. Well, it would be used once, but it wouldn't be charred. Right, that's right? True. So it wouldn't like like a bourbon barrel. Wouldn't right, be so it's going to still be bright wood. But I'm not getting like vanilla. I'm not getting those kind of things. Those are typically from charred barrels, right? You get more of those caramelized flavors because the oak sugars get caramelized when the burning happens. Okay. Where when a wine barrel doesn't have, uh, has a light char or no char, you're going to get more sappy, woody type things. And there's a sap, there is a sappy character in here. This is really complex and fascinating. I'm, I'm, I'm digging it. It's not the most drinkable and like super enjoyable thing though. So it, it's, it may suffer in ranking simply because of. Of, I mean, like it's not number one. Let's face it. <laughs> Jeff is doing this. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say suffer. I'm, I'm going to rank this guy pretty high. This I know, but this but but one. I want to. I want to clarify that this is. There, there's so much here to, to sort of. Oh, this is a fun one to drink. Yeah, yeah. To to just go over and 
and play around with. And if that's your goal, then this is number one, right? If your goal is to have something where you're just going to be like pondering and like examining it from much different angles and, mm-hmm. and, and, and burial be or yeah. burial beer. The field has eyes. has eyes. Delicious. Not really getting the rye. Maybe that's in there somewhere. Yeah, I mean, even when you look for it, the spice isn't really apparent. You'd normally expect from rye. All right. Aslan Beer Special Drops. This one is from Greg. Greg. I was going to say, did you make a... Did you write that correctly? Is he Gerg? No, just yeah. did you did you put my name in there and mention no, somebody else? It, it's Greg Fumiera. Oh, I think that's how you say his last name. Correct that, us if, if we're wrong. Greg. Well, you know, you see people on Twitter, and you kind of just kind of pigeon like P I D G N their last name, right? Yes, like where you just glance at it, and you know, I've known Greg for years, but you know, I'm sure. That I've misappropriated all the consonants in his last name and have shortened it or something like that. <laughs> Looks like we got another hazy one. This is Kaw from Aslan Beer Company. Uh, double India Pale Ale with milk sugar added and dry hop with citra and amarillo. So he has sent us some Aslan beers previously, probably about six or eight months ago. Awesome. So we've had a few Aslan beers and uh, got some more. 9.1% on this boy. Wow. Look at this. So this is darker than, than most. Yeah, this one's more murky. Yeah. Where, you know, the, the first beer we had was white. This one's murky. Big grapefruit juice flavor, right? It's a lot more A little melon on there, too. A little yeah, melon. I guess there is kind of a cantaloupe in there. That's definitely secondary for what I'm smelling, yeah. which is grapefruit juice, though. Oh, I got a big whiff of almost like a grapefruit perfume. Like, that's how intense it was. Big, milky, double IPA. <laughs> yeah, it smells like slicing a grapefruit in half and using that little grapefruit spoon to pull out a little wedge. Ooh, that's good. Ooh. Ooh. It's smooth, right? It doesn't have a big acidicness so to it. So smooth. I was expecting this thing to be really citrusy, acidic, mm-hmm. and it's not. It is very creamy. It, maybe like a, imagine like a grapefruit sorbet or something like that, where, it, where it's kind of smooth and cool and... That Amarillo isn't really getting dirty. It's just sort of there to accent the citra and make it... Like It actually sort of removes some of the pithy quality that the citra might get. And so you get this real grapefruity, like, juicy, super juicy. <laughs> and I'm sure the milk sugar... I'm sure that helps. ...increases yeah. that sweetness, too. They they say on, on the untapped description that the milk sugar adds creamsicle notes. It's not so much a creamsicle to me. It's more no. grapefruit 
Uh, well, actually, think of a cream. Because most of the creamsicles I'm used to are orange, so that's a. Yeah. It, I wouldn't say it's wrong, but it's also not as gimmicky, mass right. market, watered down, McDonald'sy as I would normally take this description at face value. Mine is smiling at me. You have an amazing smile on your glass. Look at that. <laughs> There's two big bubbles for eyes and a big Swat, crescent, yeah. crescent of, of non bubbles. <laughs> Picture, picture, where's my camera? Beer smile. <laughs> it's like a once in a lifetime thing. I need to get the picture. Jeff is now taking the picture of the beer, smiling. It's really smiling at Jeff, not at me. It's because I am the real talent here. Okay, we'll go with that. <laughs> One with the flash, one without. We'll see if it came out later. Oh, now I just moved, did a little, like, uh, moving, and now it's sort of smirking at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's almost like the troll face. Now look at it. Now it's like, now it's even happier. <laughs> he is. It's a very happy beer. Oh, that's real good, Greg. <laughs> that is pretty good. What's that first law of craft beer radio? The better the show, the better the or the better the beer is the better the show. The better the beer is the better we think the show is. I think is is, is to, to to get it correct. We shorthand it. Yeah. Um. Wow. Yeah. That that's excellent. That is absolutely excellent. That. If, Boy, Amarillo and Citra with milk sugar. So there's like no oats or wheat in this, or maybe? Oh, I, 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 maybe. almost certainly, right? With the, yeah, uh, yeah, you're right. I just was wondering if you had like. No, it's, uh, unfortunately, all I have is the untapped information. Untapped oh, okay. now has has more information than the other sites do. Generally, I find Beer Advocate has, has the least information of them all. Rate Beer tends to have some more, and Untapped actually, in general, has. Uh, a larger amount of information than, than normal. I, I normally, uh, when I I prepare the notes, if you if anyone does look at the notes, I prepare them. Uh, usually, I go to the the brewer site if there is a page for that, if it's available. If not, then I will go to one of the three sites, and I try not to favorite use favoritism in any of them. I'll go to Beer Advocate sometimes, Rape and Untapped. Um, I've been finding that Untapped has more information than the other ones. Gotcha. That's that's incredibly drinkable. Um, unlike the which one was this? The, the counter magic. It doesn't necessarily just say breakfast to me. This says any time really. This really yeah. the, the counter magic was more like mimosa breakfast. It really gave me that sort of feeling. I loved it. But this is real. Wow, I can. Drink this anytime, and yeah, it kind of has a, like a grapefruit sorbet type general feel mm-hmm. to it. The it's not apparently acidic, but like on the front of my tongue, I'm getting the like, like burning. Like there's almost like a heat. It's not like it's not exactly like capsaicin heat, but it's it's more like capsaicin heat than it is acidic heat, acidic burn. You get anything like that's kind of in the periphery between the two realms there nothing no okay 
I wish I could support you on this one, but uh, no. I wonder how much flight is playing a role here. We had sort of a cherry note thing here, and here we're going into sort of a grapefruit, but a smoother thing. I don't know. I'm just asking the question. I don't know whether it is playing much role here, but this is friggin' fantastic. I am... It's good. uh, I am really excited about this beer. Like, this is one of the best Northeast IPAs I've ever had. Legit, this challenges Lou. Okay. This is, I mean, it's good. Uh, yeah, I'll talk about my rankings a little bit later. I, I like this a lot. Um, I think there, there, there's some interesting stuff going it? on with it. I don't want to chug it, so I'm trying to think of what else we can fill the I, air I with think and we some, enjoy it. There's some interesting stuff going on on, on the periphery with the with the, the milk sugar, because I think it's it's giving it an extra sort of dose of sweetness that counteracts any additional bitterness that might be there. It almost opens up like a whole new avenue of yeah. experimentation, right? Like, okay, so now what does what does a lactose goza taste like? I'm wondering. What does there's a there's a message from one so untapped has a bunch of weird like comments, but one of the comments here is Keith you can go F yourself. It's not fair you can get this once a week. <laughs> I don't know who Keith is. I saw a but... really... So on one of... On Facebook. Mm-hmm. Westbrook Beer Company. Remember Westbrook? From sure, yes. Show. Of course. The, one the, of the first the good Gozas, Gozas we had. Yeah. Not of, of the modern Goza. Right. So they did something... I don't know the exact deal, but they had a limited release beer on tap. And then they only canned like 10 crawlers of it and the crawlers were 50 bucks a piece and someone replied on their facebook saying westbrook you can suck my dick and westbrook replied if you thought the crawlers are too expensive you don't want to know what we would charge for that (laughs) (laughs) it's good to have a sense of humor oh yeah for sure for sure Especially in, in the environment. And then the guy who just got, you know, reverse trolled was like, oh, a brewery trying to solicit me for sex. <laughs> like, like well, wait dude, you, you, yeah. lo- you lost. Don't try to recoup. Yeah, your... <laughs> yeah. Just admit you lost and actually people will look at you better. Like if, if you like, oh, mm. they got me. People will be like, yeah, okay. You, you know. Yeah, but he was trying to say like, right. this was a serious solicitation or something like now just say you lost. I've lost before. Not today. No. Thank you. Everybody. Wonderful listeners. And wonderful breweries in Nashville. And San Diego and where is this one from? Virginia. This is this is right here. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, so final beer. One of the beers I picked up from Wicked Weed when I was at the Funkatorium. This was, I believe, one of the more, like, I think the most expensive beer out of the group. Okay. This is the one that I turned to because one of, one of my big memories, one of my favorite uh, beer memories before I was really into beer was when Dogfish Head was doing 
Oh man, Alcorant. Yeah, Alcorant, oh, which was they, they use currants. Um, that mm. one was bonkers. So this is Dalliance from Wicked Weed, uh, a golden sour ale aged in neutral red wine barrels. One pound per gallon of European red currants contributes complexity. Blah blah blah. Uh, once this beer reaches peak, we blend the barrels to blah, blah blah with the house culture with European red currants. So we have wow. So this is a <laughs> super clear, super clear. Of course, super a, clear, no head. Yeah, uh, it, it's kind of a, a a tannish red. I'd almost say it, it's like a bronze, but with sort of red tint to sure. it. Sure, bronze with red tint works for me. I mean, we've been having, like, super cloudy beers yeah. all night. Now this one's crystal clear. I didn't pour the whole bottle. I'm no, going to save no, a little bit it. of this for later. This is 5.4% alcohol by volume. It was bottled uh, last year, September 29th. The aroma on this one, you know, just screams lambic to me. It has kind of that limestone granite thing going on again. Has a saddly Brett type character, you know, dry, dusty leather. It smells really good. It does smell good for a, you know, for a lambic. I want to make for sure. a macro beer. No, I want to clarify because it doesn't smell. Like pure fruit it doesn't stuff. smell I mean, like you, cotton candy. If, if you're yeah, if if you, if you smell, you're like, oh, it's so, some of they smell smell great. It's got Brett stuff going through it too. So it's if you're in, if you like the Brett aroma and the stuff that Brett can bring, it's got that mm-hmm. big time that sort of coiled rope. Cecil rope, yeah, yeah. Although to me, kind of a, a shoe leather or, or horse leather thing is more apparent in this one. Mm-hmm. I could just but it has that one. smell of complexity. It's like when you smell it, you smell okay. There's gonna there's yeah. It's not. It's not. It's not just a single tone. Yeah. You know where, uh, like like before, Dry Log, a local wild brewer here in Pittsburgh, achieved the maturity. They were trying to do ambitious things, but their culture wasn't ready. They weren't able to age the stuff properly, and their beers they were putting out were kind of one note. Mm-hmm. And uh, at that period, I was quietly reserving my opinion until they had enough time to do something so ambitious. Right. And they came to meet my expectations. And not every single one of You also get beers from Drylog that are kind of one note, but then you also get beers that are very deep. And... You know, it's just a pleasure when you smell a beer that is as deep as this. Mm-hmm. All right, so this one has much more moderated flavor than I expected. You get kind of a golden ale, you know, light barley type flavor. Okay. The The tang is there, but it's not... It's not funky. It's kind of just tangy. A little bit of breck comes through, and then the currants come through. And you get kind of this like red currant jam type thing. 
I like the balance on this. Greg's Greg's kind of cocking his head and figuring this one out. But I like the balance on this. I like the jam. I like the malt. There's a quality here. There's a quality to some sort of flavor, to some sort of funk in here that is reminding me of something that is not pleasant. Hmm. I'm not saying that the beer itself isn't pleasant, but there's a reminder of something that's not pleasant. There's a reminder. There's a callback in my memory to a flavor that is reminiscent of what I can best qualify as fishbowl. Okay, I'm not there. I'm not there. Uh, if anything, if I had any complaints about this beer, it's, it's the flavor is not as complex and it's a little pop tarty. Yeah, that for sure. But it's still good. But I mean, if I was trying to, I'm not getting anything that's like we had, so like last the burial had a huge amount of complexity and a yes. lot of stuff to analyze, and this is more kind of sort of straightforward. It's a little bit funky, but it's not. Yeah, it does have kind of this like cherry pop tart thing going on. Yeah. But I'm not getting anything stinky, stanky. I mean, sure. No, last it, it last was, week, well, you said fishbowl. Fishbowl's this uh, ammonia. Ammonia. Superdored, yeah. No, no. It, it, like you said, it's, just, it's a remembrance okay. of, a, of, a, of, of, a, of a vague establishment of a flavor. It, it, it was the first thing that kind of popped in my mind. I'm not sure okay. whether it will continue. Yeah, I mean, the first thing that popped into my mind, uh, like, so the first sip, I was able to like get a good spectrum of the flavors. Second sip was where it starts kind of congealing as a pop tart. Mm. So it's not doesn't seem as deep as the burial. But I, you know the aroma is aromas aromas ten like I'm digging the aroma. Let me see if I can get back into the flavor and dig it as much. <laughs> Hmm. Sorry, I was writing down what I think. He is I... really, he's triangulating his rankings. All right. Okay. I've had enough of that. We can, uh... hmm. so we've had two of the Wicked Weed Funkatorium beers. Last yeah. week's was difficult. Well, this is, this is not Funkatorium. This is part of their Canvas series. Well, it's. It's the wild beers, they're sour beers, that's from the Funkatorium, where okay. the regular Wicked Weed is the ones that make pernicious. and right, right. So they have a place where they do their brets. Like on the menu, they have two different menus. They have the breted menu and then the sour culture menu. How long has Wicked Weed been around? That's a good question. I would wager four to five years. How long has their Funkatorium been around? I would wager two to three years. Because it does, I'm not sure whether their Funkatorium has reached the maturity that uh, you're talking that about. That it takes. They they have capital to make maturity right now. So yes. there's that. Yes. Because everyone knows, or hopefully knows, that you know, Wicked Weed was purchased by the high-end Anheuser-Busch, yeah. which just had a huge layoff in their sales staff. I did not know that. They laid off... Oh, I can't... I'd have to look it up. I don't want to spew numbers, but... Um, so imagine this, you know, multinational conglomerate acquires a bunch of small breweries and then has overlap in their sales departments. <laughs> so they have to lay off a bunch of salespeople because, you know, maybe the Elysian sales rep and the Wicked Reed sales rep covered the same area. So one of them's got to go. 
They're entirely different parts of the country. They're both all nationwide now, baby. Um, I'm. I was really expecting to be impressed by this dalliance because currents, wild. But it just feels very, I don't, not safe is not the right word. Well, I I think when I said that, you know, it kind of has this overall Pop-Tart type character, that's not a compliment for a wild beer. Right, yeah. It it is, it's sweet, refined, not very funky. Yeah. I mean, the burrito So so now we went from last week when we had, what, the Brenda Bollock, which was so funky it smelled like a dumpster. Right. With maggots in it. (laughs) And then this week we get a sour, like a $22, $25 sour beer, half liter, that is this current thing that tastes like a Pop-Tart. Yeah. Like, I want someplace that's something in the middle. Right. I want something complex, and I want something like Burial's beer. Yes, right. Burial was, you know, it, it is is the one that was giving us some interesting dimension and some, some real... Some real stuff to think about and 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 here, but this is just kind of okay. Well, it's a little bit of sour, it's a little bready, a little bit. It's mostly just kind of sweet, and it's not like I wouldn't say it's Lindenman sweet, but it's not all that far off. No, on the flavor, no. It, like I said, it has a little more breadiness, bready, not bread tea, breadiness to it. The the pop tart pastry. Mm-hmm. It is what it is, but uh, it's not going to fare too well in our rankings tonight. Which I believe it's well due time for rankings. We're at an hour and five minutes already. I I have my rankings ready. Do it, man. All right. In last place, guess. (laughs) Anheuser-Busch. The Wicked Weed Dalliance. I, I wanted this beer to be awesome. I want me this, too. I don't. Uh, I don't want to be like, oh, it's an Anheuser Busch beer. So I, I, I want. Like I want Wicked Weed to make amazing beers. I want Boston. Every, I beer. want everyone to make amazing. I want beers. Boston beer to make amazing beers, and I want to tell my listeners about the beers that are amazing. I want this to be a struggle. I want every episode to be a struggle for me to try to find out what the heck I'm doing, what what I'm choosing. And sometimes it is, and in this episode, uh, a little bit of it was, but it, it, but this end was not difficult. It, it, this is clearly not as interesting a beer as the label uh, pretended it might be. In fact, yeah, you, yeah, Jeff is picking up. So on our pre-show, Sam Adams sent us two beers. They sent us their Oktoberfest, and they sent us this new one, this Harvest Heaven. And they sent us a plastic Made in China hat. They sent us a goofy, uh, awful felt, fake felt Oktoberfest hat, which I'm wearing right now. And uh, they sent us this Harvest Hefe, which I don't know if they're making other pumpkin beers this year, but this is their take on their pumpkinless, you know, fall spice right. beer. Hefeweizen with cinnamon and nutmeg. It worked. It worked pretty well. The as the banana, It was like a cinnamon banana bread. Mm-hmm. And the nutmeg was restrained. The esters worked with those spices. This, I would dare say, this is a novel take on that seasonal popular drink, right? right. 
barley and cinnamon and nutmeg just don't work nearly as well, but wheat and banana esters and cinnamon nutmeg. Right. The yeasty quality there really added to the spice profile, which was so important because just the spice profile with barley... Yeah, I agree. It doesn't it doesn't get in there, but you give that yeasty profile, you give that Belgian. And yeah, they got yeast. they got a, a hefe yeast that put out tons of of ethyl amyl acetate, the banana flavor, right? And it worked with the spices. So that was better than our numbers than my number six beer, the Wicked Weed. In fifth place, I'm going to put the Porter. Uh, I I think it was a decent Porter. I think it was a little ashy. Um, not like my favorite type of Porter, but. It, it it was good once we got into it, you know. It was it, it was it was decent, but uh, not. It's going to be not ranking on our favorite uh, our favorite for, uh, porters. Uh, Pappies, that was Pappies, right? Yep. In fourth place, I'm going to put the other alchemist, the Skadoosh, which was the the Citra uh, Skadoosh number ten. Uh, I think that, that that what we were, were you know we were talking about how the how in, in a sense Alchemist created the style, but they're still at least the beers that we've had still seem to sort of trend towards a uh, a different kind of Northeast IPA than the ones that we are now sort of enamored with, and uh, but it's not a bad beer at all. We really did enjoy Skadoosh a lot, uh, particularly this one. Uh, in third place, I'm going to put the burial, and uh, this was a little bit tough because it, there there is some really interesting and awesome things going on in here. But I think the other two were were really just hitting me in the spot more uh, because I really really liked the counter magic uh, the the beer we started out with that was that was so good and so sort of a mosa like and had all those wonderful breakfasty flavors but then that uh, that aslan came along and just said hey you want something that's drinkable all the time and special awesome and drops. amazing special drop caw uh that was spectacular i loved it your ranking is pretty good but i have some improvements on your ranking but we'll see for me i'm actually gonna put the peppy's porter in last place not a bad beer, but the, how ashy it was at the beginning really just just left a a sooty taste in my mouth. Mm-hmm. And I got a little level set and used to it, but and then just in front of that, I'm going to put the Wicked Weed. What's this guy called? Dalians. The, the Dalians. This current beer it smelled much better than it tasted. The yeah. taste did not have the complexity. Cherry pop tart, you know, but replace the cherry with a cherry currant blend, and that—that's what you get. I don't know how much how different that would be. I mean, that, frankly, yeah. tasted kind of like a cherry pop tart. Mm-hmm. I didn't really taste any complexity of currant. And then I am going to put top four delicious, all four top beers mm-hmm. delicious. I would probably put the Harvest Hefe next, but you don't have to put that in your notes. It would sit in the middle. Now, the top four beers, all delicious. Drink, 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 drink. I'll put the Skadoosh in fourth place. 
Uh, this guy was was good, but with the other three beers, you know, they were excellent. Yeah. And and but the Skadoosh was almost excellent. I'm trying to think back. I mean, it had great hop flavor. It was a little chunky. It was a little chunky. It had a great West Coast type IPA yeah. character to uh-huh. it. It was so long ago. I really can't get into it much deeper. Now here's where, where I'm going to change Greg's. You know he loves the Aslan. I liked the Aslan very much. I'm going to drop him to third place. Sacrilege. It is sacrilege. But these top three beers are just so good. Uh, this, this Aslan. I mean, it was like having like the best, freshest, sweetest grapefruit that you can. And a sweet grapefruit is not sweet, right? A sweet grapefruit right. is still a bitter, acidic thing. But it was like the the delicious grapefruit. You know, you got that little grapefruit sauce spoon thing and you're getting out things. It was it was really well done. I'm gonna put Barrow Beer Company in second place with the field has eyes. Oh my god, for it's a reviewer's delight. You could look at it and well the top two beers are both reviewers delight. Sure. The top three, I would say. For me, Yes, for for me for, the top for, for this reviewer, right? For me, the top two had this resolution where you could get distinct facets of different awesome things going on, and with the burial, it was that cherry thing which came out of nowhere because this is a saison with rye and and Brett, and then you had. I'm trying to think back now, but you know, I just remembered how I had like three or four different facets I was really digging on. But then I'm going to put the Counter Magic in first place. Modern the times. Modern, times. modern Times does it again. Delicious, delicious. Any IPA made in the southest of the Southwest <laughs> in San Diego, California. And what I what really brought this one to the top is because. Most NE style IPAs, the hops are kind of muddled together. They're blended together. They're balanced, but they're blended together. This one, again, a reviewer's delight because you could taste three, four, maybe five different facets of the hops in this beer. Mm. And that's why I put it in first place. All right. And uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Again, this is definitely the first law of craft beer radio. Greg and I are like on cloud nine right now. We think this is the best show we've ever made because these beers were delicious. The best show we've ever made? No, no, no. Hyperbole, my friend. Embrace the hyperbole. Well, you, you included me on that without even asking me. Okay, fine. You gotta let me yes are you in. Are you okay with a little bit of hyperbole here and there? A little bit, but man, the best show we ever made? I mean, we had freaking aliens on it <laughs> Greg's just wrecking my dreams like he always does alright <laughs> Judas Priest makes you wonder why you stuck with me for this long I know because I love you man Craft Beer Radio is released on the Creative Commons license visit craftbeerradio.com for more information hit us up on Twitter at craftbeerradio if you only want to talk to me it's at Jeff Bearer if you yep. only want to talk to Greg Yep, he doesn't want to talk to, but it's at CBR Greg. And uh, 
thank you. We really do appreciate you guys taking the time to listen, and we hope you enjoyed the show. And thank you to everybody who sent us stuff. Oh, yes. Greg, Mike, Ryan, Ryan, Kyle, everybody. Everybody who's ever sent us any beer. Especially, like, these guys are crazy, right? I mean, they're so proud of the local brewing scene. They're like, I'm going to buy the beers. I'm going to pay the ship them. Just so... Well, based from what we're tasting, they have a good reason to be proud. They do. But they put money out of their own pocket so everyone else could realize that Aslan, that Modern Times, that the Alchemist... Mm-hmm. Oh my god, oh my god, the Alchemist is good! <laughs> Let's prove it! <laughs> but, you know, they spent money out of their pocket to, to do this, and uh, it's really awesome. Thanks Thank so you. much. <laughs>